Welcome, everyone, to DEI After Five, the show that focuses on topics across diversity, equity, and inclusion with some of the brightest minds in the industry. Here's your hostess, inclusive culture curator and coach, Sasha Thompson. Hey everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of DEI After Five. Okay, this is a very, very special episode for me because you all have probably heard me talk about my coach this, my coach that, and you were probably wondering, well, who the hell is your coach? Well, today you are going to meet her and really talk about you know something around mindset. And it was something that I needed to work on um, because of the situation that I was in when we first met. And because of that, I have totally shifted just how I approach things, my mindset. I, I just give her so much credit for being the coach that I needed at that moment um, and, and since then. So I will not continue this conversation without her. Uh, welcome to the show, Elle Michelle Smith. How are you? Sasha, I am so proud of you, girl. You are just doing it. I'm doing great. Thanks. How are you? I am doing wonderful. So for anyone that may not have come across you on social media, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got into this work? Sure. Hopefully they've come into contact with my content offline more than even online. But I am Elle Michelle Smith. I'm a Fortune 100 advisor and a three-time best-selling and award-winning author. And I am also a um, hybrid certified hybrid facilitator, instructor, and speaker. And let's see, gosh, our story, Sasha, is, is interesting <laughs> because I think I met you just as I was putting my shingle out for the second time. First time around, of course, I ran a PR agency long before I met you, but um, started another business and the business is my company, No Silos Communications, LLC which is all about <clears throat> using media coaching and consulting to empower leaders to be the, the best um, the best that they can be in their lives and their leadership. And so certified executive coaching is definitely a part of that. And gosh, I was probably, what was it, 2019 when I met you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2019. And I was just like, help! <laughs> no, you know, honestly, and it's so funny because I often tell the story um, that you never know who you're going to need until they like come like into your life and your space. And it was actually a colleague of mine who connected the two of us because we were both in kind of this inclusive marketing or you had an inclusive marketing background. And she was just like, oh, I just met someone. I just heard someone speak um, at this conference. And I think the two of you need to talk. And as we started talking, that's when we realized, oh, you're a coach. And I'm like, help. Exactly. I need support. Um, exactly. And so it kind of came from that, you know, but as I said at the top, you know, one of the things that you focus on is positive psychology and mindset shifts. And that was just not that I felt like I had a bad mindset. It was <laughs> the situation that I was in had warped my mindset in a way that I was not myself. And so can you talk to us a bit about like, Positive, what is positive psychology and, and the impact that that has on mindset? Sure. So, yes, my practice is grounded in applied positive psychology and neuroscience. 
But Applied Positive Psychology starting there is all about the science of happiness. And you might hear that and say, well, that's just, you know, really lighthearted and we're dealing with some serious issues here. How can I just be happy? It's deeper than that. The happiness that they're talking about is grounded in intrinsic motivation and something that's deep, deep down inside of you that's fueled by your values. And um, the idea is, according to applied positive psychology, that happy people are successful people. And unfortunately, our society teaches us just the opposite, that if you go get the car, the job, the money, if you find that you know environment where it's not toxic, it's not full of microaggressions, that you can be happy. And the exact opposite is true. Mm-hmm. Happy people. You have to find your own happiness. You have to be responsible for your own happiness and sustaining it. Those people who learn how to do that will find happiness in whatever they do, and they will be successful. You know what? It is so, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? <laughs> because I'm, I'm listening to you, hearing you say this, and it's not the first time I've heard you say this. And it's not the first time that I've, you know, I was just showing them. I was like, I got, I got books and palm books, you know, over here. Um, but it's now being in the place where I am thinking back on yes. happiness. Like, what does that truly mean? Mm-hmm. And, you know, being in a time where I was checking all the boxes, right. I'm working for this particular tech company doing the, I, the what I thought was my ideal job. Sure. Um, and I was miserable. I was, you know, my hair was falling out, all these things yeah. that were happening because it was this very toxic environment for me. And then once, and I, I tell everybody, I think every time we talk, I shared the question that you asked me was, you know, where do you um, have the most impact? right? Inside or outside of the organization. And once I was honest with myself and answering that question and realizing I needed to create that environment for me, I said, I can't go back. Like, honestly, I just, because it is, it's peace. Like happiness for me is peace. And so it's not to say that every day is perfect or every, or this work as an entrepreneur is not hard because woo, <laughs> these days. It's not for the but, of heart. Right. But the happiness is that peace that comes along with knowing that I'm doing the things that I know I'm supposed to do at the mm-hmm. time that I'm supposed to do it and not feeling obligated to check a box because somebody else has determined that that is what I need to do. Right. And what you just unpacked is your values, those things that undergirded the answer to that question. Where do you find the most impact? You had to dig down deep and find out what it was you really wanted. Deep. And understand what things those were important to you. And I just Mm -hmm. heard the word peace. Now, what's interesting is peace is very much connected to happiness. As I talk Mm -hmm. about positive emotion, there are actually 10 of them. Peace is one of them. They use the word serenity. But Mm -hmm. as you figure out which one of those positive uh, emotions you tend towards or that you have triggers that you can very easily tap into to unleash those positive emotions, you're well on your way to happiness. Mm. Okay, so tell us a few of those 10, because I think for many of us, 
that this is new, right? They don't even know where to start. So if, can you share with us at least a few of those 10 emotions that we need to sure. be cognizant of? Absolutely. And the good news is that many of you know them already. You're familiar mm -hmm. with them. But the idea is to be intentional with them. In fact, in my latest book, Yes, Please, Seven Ways to Say, I'll, um, I'm entitled to the C-suite. I almost said the other title. Right. <laughs> we talk about the 10 positive emotions and the strongest one, the one that encourages the, the chemical oxytocin in your brain. And this is the neuroscience that comes in every once in a while here. It's love. And you may be thinking, mm -hmm. well, okay, so what does love have to do with business? question. And what's interesting is that there are all sorts of kinds of love. There's brotherly love. There's agape love. There's eros. Of course, that's the romantic kind of love. What we're talking about here is more of that brotherly love. And you can fill in the blank for whichever one you're, you're tapping into. But when we're thinking about business and corporate and, and going to work and all of those good things, you're really tapping into that brotherly love that um, is the glue that is the very basis of community and building mm -hmm. connections. So you can totally tap into love in a business environment in that way. And then there's also self-love. A lot of the ladies that I work with and also men as well, once they find out how to love themselves, they're able to be more effective mm -hmm. in whatever they're doing. But going down the list, there's also joy, there's serenity, there's awe, which a lot of people aren't really, they don't really tap into it intentionally, but awe is one of those things. Amusement, which is just short for fun. Mm -hmm. Hope. That's one that's really important because you can't set goals without hope. Some of you may be saying as she's going down this list, those kind of sound like the fruit of the spirit. If you're faith-based, you're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. A lot of what is in that list can be tapped into with your faith. But that's just one trigger. I call them peace builders. I love it. And I, and I was sitting here when you were talking about um, awe, or, you know, because it's like shock and awe. You, you have those usually <laughs> together. Um, but, you know, sometimes that awe is just like, just, I know I was about to make up a word because the word that came to my mind was like bewilderment. But like just yes. being, you know, like the, that feeling of, oh my gosh, I can't believe it's discovery. It's, it's yes. all of those things. Well, Sasha, you tap into it every time you go home to Barbados. You oh, know, nature yeah. is one of those those triggers, those peace builders <laughs> that you can use to tap into awe and inspiration, which is another. So whenever you're on that beach and those waves are crashing, I bet mm -hmm. you, you feel a sense of awe. I do. Whenever I go to the I beach do. and I see the big crashing yeah. waves. And again, I'm, I'm faith-based. So I'm, I'm going, you know, look at the wonders of God's creation. Look yeah. at his hand. And I have tapped in the ah. But the deal is this. You can know all 10 of them. You can be very familiar with them. You may even say, I've tapped into them before. I just didn't know what to call them. Mm -hmm. But neuroscience says that you must tap into three consistently in order to change a negative mindset or a negative mood into a positive one. So now we're talking about building habits. Yeah. And, you know, and again, I've heard you say this before and, and I'm trying to always figure out, OK, like, what are my three? Like I have a good two, solid two that I know. Um, yeah. 
And you know, hindsight, I'm like, you know, maybe you know, love is probably because it's always about community. Yeah, it's always community, about family. Women. Yeah. Fa- mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So you know that one. Um, hope. Hope. Hope is huge. Hope, hope is, is huge. Let me tell you why. Hope gives you something to look forward to. Mm. Is this with my little girl? She's mm-hmm. 11 years old. Um, you may know that it took me a while to get my latest book done because I was going through. Um, changes with aging parents. And also my little girl, who's also an author, was going through a a spout of bullying. Mm -hmm. And so um, it was very tough for me. I had to bring her home and homeschool her to get her out of that environment until we got her into a new environment. But one of the things that I do for her whenever she gets down down in the dumps, I -hmm. make sure that I bring up something that we can anticipate. Anticipation Mm -hmm. is a trigger. It's a peace builder. It is a gateway to hope. So when I say, Joni, you know what? This Christmas, going back to Disneyland, man, you think about her her emotions switching. (laughs) They switch. All of a sudden, she's got this big smile on her face. And it doesn't always have to be something that big. It could be something just that small. So I have a client who's going through return to work or return to office. And the way this company is doing it is absolutely brutal. And Mm. she happens to be in one of the cities that is in a hub city. And they were pretty much told move or else. Right. And they knew what what else or else meant. It meant you weren't going to have a job anymore. She's choosing not to leave because, of course, her her sphere of influence, her family and everything is where she is now. And so as she goes back to the job during this time frame before she rolls off, it's like every man for themselves and it's mm-hmm. very toxic. So we were talking about what she could do to bring some of the joy from home to work and what were her happiness triggers? What were her peace builders? She's got the cutest little doggies that, you know, are right around her feet when she's working from home. You know, maybe it's as simple as just getting a video of them and bringing them to work. And when you have yeah. five minutes, take a look at those little doggies and get a smile out of it. But yeah. again, you can't just do this stuff once. You have to do it again and again and again. And you may have certain peace builders or triggers that, you know, you turn to often. For me, family is one of them. But just know that you can rotate. It doesn't always have to be joy. It doesn't always have to be gratitude. That's the last one. I think I've named all 10 now. Um, gratitude is one of those things that a lot of people have found pretty trendy, you know, to get the mm-hmm. journal and do your gratitude journal in the morning at night or whenever you can. But understanding that you can tap into three of these at once will really shift your mood and get you positioned better to be more successful. And the ultimate goal is to be happy anyway, because so many of us. That are part. Facing, <laughs> yes. We're facing some really, really tough odds with the mm-hmm. current cultural context going on. Then if mm-hmm. you layer down and look at the business markets and what they're doing, it's change mm-hmm. and upheaval. And then we start thinking about how life is lifing. It never stops. Never, never. You know, and it's, as you're speaking, I'm just reflecting um, on growth. <laughs> My growth, um, you know, over the last few years and you know, I was having a conversation with my mom the other day. And again, like you said, life is lifing, this economy, you know, this type of work. 
um, organizations were kind of pulling back and, and you know, all kinds of stuff. And so it's, it wasn't very stable for a while. Yeah. And, you know, I was having a conversation with my mom and, and she said, Sasha, you know what? I'm so proud of you because a few years ago, you would have spiraled. Like you would have just mm-hmm. gone into this depression. Um, and at the time, and I, I deal with anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, anxiety and your depression, like you brought everybody down, you know, kind of with yes, you yes. during those times. And she was like, just seeing your growth and your mindset has shifted to, you know what? Okay. I'll just pivot. I'll just, you know, work on this. I'll work on that. Um, and so now that I'm listening to you, it was hope. It was, you know, just th- that anticipation. Yes. Um, it was, there was also this peace because I could have easily said, you know what? I'm quitting it all. I'm going to go back into corporate. Nope. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> like the peace you know, that the I know have. comes from knowing what's so important to you and what values you hold. And that's that intrinsic motivation that moves you further and farther. And um, you don't want to quit because even when it gets tough, you're okay. You have enough love in the love bank, if you will, so that you're not overdrawn. Even when the debits come, that you can keep moving forward. Now, you may be wondering... Why am I talking about happiness and we're talking about DE&I, right? Because this is the show, right? Yeah. <laughs> what I found is that so many of these tenants in positive psychology and neuroscience are rarely shared with those who do not ascend above the middle of the pipeline. Mm. And as you know, Black women are leading the way in spewing out of that pipeline. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, McKenzie and leanin.org try to dress it up and call it something different. They're calling it the the broken rung. But the reality is we've known this has been around since 2015 when the data first showed it in yeah. Catalyst, right? So yep. we know that there is, is a, a gaping hole in this leadership pipeline. It's spewing out Black women first, women of color next, white women next, and then everybody else after that, right? So there yep. is also a segment of white men who never see what's above that gap in that Mm -hmm. pipeline, whether they're spewed out or not. And the fact is that once you get beyond that gap, let's say you make it to director, senior director, probably VP is where you start to get access from your company to people like me who are trained in these sciences. So I, I typically ask a room full of people of color. I was recently in New York with some uh, tech leaders, they were all software engineers and they all happen to be black. Mm-hmm. When they see Jim, let's call him Jim, mm-hmm. in his office with his golf clubs putting around, what do they think? And why don't they do something like that? Mm-hmm. And the no, I answers come that. back to me. <laughs> yeah. The answers mm-hmm. come back to me. Oh, well, Jim's, you know, that's Jim. He's white. He can do that, right? Mm-hmm. It's 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 privilege. He can do that. Or he doesn't have nearly on his plate. He doesn't have to grind like I do because of the old black tax, right? Mm-hmm. But the reality is that someone like me whispered in Jim's in- ear one day, what can you do during your day to infuse a little fun, to infuse yeah. a little play? Because neuroscience says that play, play rejuvenate your neurons. Yep. That fun, of course, is a positive emotion. If you can get that going, 
doing that for what 15 minutes yeah playing a little foosball with chad in the hall you know um playing with your rubik's cube before you go back to work you're rejuvenated your brain's rejuvenated and it's those things that we don't have access to this becomes a conversation about access it's the kind of information that we just don't know in the book i i talked to several women who overcame so much to ascend to the c-suite and even as they're in the c-suite it gets mm -hmm. harder but they're still mm -hmm. going at it and each time i ask them what do you do to get through those tough times they didn't know to call it positive emotion yeah they just knew to say well i call my mother yeah. or I poured out encouragement on another woman and that gave me joy because the mirror effect, they don't know the mirror effect. They don't, they don't know those words. They just know right. that it came back to them and they smiled too. Um, there were other people that said, you know what? I didn't have a lot of community because I was moving all over the place. And so now I'm yeah. up here in Portland, Oregon, where there are hardly any black people, but I'm very, very happy to have my husband and my sons nearby. So yeah. there, they tapped in the family. The family brought in lots of positive emotion. It may give her a sense of pride because she's got a new grad who's now an engineer having his first job, graduated from her alma mater, gives her a sense of pride, gives her that love. Okay, mm -hmm. Of course, we talked about that. But it all also gives her joy because she's yeah. able to just look at her husband and say, this is my support. This is my rock. And it gives me joy. So if you do that over and over again, yes, you mm -hmm. can make it to the C-suite, but it's not making those microaggressions go away. Right. You know, thanks to folks like you, Sasha, the soldiers that are out there working with these companies, trying to get their ducks in a row. We as leaders need to be doing things for ourselves because we can't wait for them to get it right. Yeah. And it's so funny you say that because, you know, one of the questions I often ask um, folks that I'm coaching is like, what brings you joy? And it could be, I'll ask the question though, in the most random way, because it sure. one, I want the shock value mm -hmm. because it's like, wait a minute, what joy? I, How did we get there? <laughs> you know, and I, and I do it, but what I have found in doing that is in that pivot, you see people's like this shift in body language and expression. You see it. Yeah. And so I have one particular uh, person I'm working with who's an executive and a nonprofit, you know, it's very stressed. It's impacting her health. Um, and I asked her that question and she was just like, I want to do hand tied um, dye, like hand dyed yarn. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Like, where did that, you know, and we're talking yeah. about it, but the expression of joy and excitement that came as we were started to unpack that joy and the possibilities and she was like oh yeah my neighbor across the street has an alpaca farm i'm like okay so time out what so you want to do this you have access to this resource i love like, it i never really thought of putting it together right Look, but again people end up finding brand new hobbies my sister went through hobby. a horrible time she's a phd she's actually the one that the book is dedicated to but it wasn't until that she uncovered her gift and she didn't even know she had it for painting just one day she's watching PBS and sees the little guy that's painting, you know, the guy that- Oh yeah, Bob. <laughs> exactly. She got inspired and just picked up a paintbrush. The woman now has blue ribbons from all oh over the place because she went on in and upskilled. 
She mm-hmm. went all in, but that was where she was finding her serenity through a very tough time. So you never know what will happen if you go through that portal, if you will, yeah. of positive emotion. You know, I'm so glad we're having this conversation because I think, one, it's it's a timeless conversation. Yes. Anyone really needs to start thinking about it, start um, doing some inner work on like, what are these, how, what are the three, even starting to identify what are the three that you kind of tap into and lean into and how are you doing it? But then also when times get tough, like society and the world around us, you know, ebbs and flows and there's always something going on. And I think people have this way of compartmentalizing, Hmm. you know, their lives. And this pandemic has taught us that there's no more compartment. Like it is just a bucket of who you are. And and let me tell you what I found, especially with black women, but also other women of color. We tend to pack down the emotion, the negative emotion, the reaction to what happened, the trauma, the adversity. We even escape it. We're great escape artists. We can get out of it, right? We can go to another job, go to another part of the business, start our own business. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, and I call this the burden of resilience, as much as we come with this resilience that people say uh, transformational leadership is made of the kind of rock star leader you're supposed to be. We come Mm. with that because our people have had generation over generation of adversity and therefore trauma. Yeah. The question is, how did we get to the resilience? Well, the one way that you are granted resilience is through adversity and allowing that adversity to teach you. But nobody talks about the healing. We have to heal from that. And often- We're trying to move forward. We're resilient. We made it out, but we think the healing was the escape. No. Or the healing was that Mm-mm. we pressed it down. We don't talk about it anymore. Because we take that why. with us to the next place. Exactly. And that's yeah. why I have teamed with a clinical psychologist, Dr. Jeff Gardier, to offer coaching and counseling. Because coaching, mm-hmm. as you know, Sasha, it will take you forward with what you have today. It ain't going to look very back. little time looking back. Right, it is not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The reality is you got to shed that stuff and heal Mm -hmm. that little child, whatever's in your past, whatever happened on that last job that you don't talk about. You know what? It's interesting because Black folks have gotten so comfortable with the idea now of going to therapy. I'm proud of my people. I'm so happy. There's a whole generation that will go get their checkup from the neck up. But the problem is, we are so focused on our personal lives and we're not making that connection between the personal and the professional. We are all one person mm-hmm. and we don't talk about forgiving mm-hmm. Chad, the one that cut our legs out from under us. Mm-hmm. We don't think about using as something, you know, we've talked about in faith as something that will move you forward in your life because you forgive, you forgave your ex because it's releasing you, not them. Right. When do we do that for the last boss? Right. Oh, mm. yes. We're so busy, yeah. you know, posting to our LinkedIn all of our success to let them see me be blessed. But guess what, sis? That's not healing. No. No. And healing, healing takes time. Yes. And I think that's that's part of it, too. It takes time to do. Um, yeah, I'm still healing. Yeah. I'm in a much better place. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm on a much better place, but I'm still yeah. healing because there are certain things that I know as soon as I see, I'm like, okay, that's that's triggering. Look, let me it's let me unpack why it's triggering. I but I can it's I can genetic go. too. Um, yeah, it didn't just happen to us right now. I tell a little story Absolutely. in the book about my mother and my father and the way they deal with pain. And it was so insightful for me to look back and remember these anecdotes. One day, my mother was chopping up some, you know, was it like a, a, a it was a vegetable and, and, and fruit tray, right? Mm -hmm. For her Bible study. So she's chopping away. I work. I know nothing about this until later this story unfolds for me. My dad is upstairs. And as you know, now they're 80. At the time, they're probably in their early 70s. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, and they're doing great. They're spry. But she's chopping these vegetables in this fruit and severs her finger. Mm. Severs her finger. Like the tip of it was off and she right. was gushing blood. She's not crying. She's not saying a word. She takes that piece of finger, puts it in a piece of plastic, tucks it away in her purse, quietly goes upstairs and says, James, I think we probably need to go to the hospital. He said, why? What's going on? She said, I cut myself. And so they calmly and quietly get in the car, go up the street to the nearest hospital, and she's in the, the emergency room. And I'm calling because I typically call on my way from, from work back when mm -hmm. I was working nine to five. I call to check on my folks, see how they're doing. This is before Joni was any anywhere to be seen. Mm -hmm. Nobody was answering the phone. So I call my sister. Have you heard from my parents? She's like, no, I haven't. And I always have to worry about making that call because then it's like, okay, what's going on, right? It's right, right. So finally, my dad answered the phone and he had the propensity to play everything down. He told us growing up to stay cool, to stay mm -hmm. cool. Don't let them rattle you. Don't let them see you, you know, emote. This was the whole thing. This is a whole different generation, right? And they don't talk about the pain. So I asked my dad, what's going on? Where are y'all? She said, oh, we're, we're, we're at the... We're at the hospital. We're in the emergency room. Emergency room. So I'm screaming. What's going on? Are you okay? Oh, yeah. Um, your mom just had a little accident. But she's fine. Pass her the phone, please. Because daddy is the king of downplaying. Right. Pass the phone to mama. And she said, oh, you know, it's just, you know, chopping some vegetables for a fruit tray for BSF. And I just I sliced my finger. Sliced your finger? How much of your finger? Well, I mean. When I saw the amount of blood, I figured we should go. She was calm. Mm -mm. Calm. Mm -hmm. We mm -hmm. have learned as people, as Black people, we have learned it's almost an art, but it's to a fault. Yeah. To take, take that it, pain take and it. count yep. it all joy. Yeah. We mm -mm. can blame. And you know I'm a student of culture. So I'm looking at the generations. I'm looking at a lot of our history when it comes to faith and religiosity, that mm -hmm. suffering is one of those things that we elevate because it, it makes you more Christian. It makes you more worthy or whatever. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, we're killing ourselves. Yeah. And that's just a physical yeah. analogy of what we do with the stuff that comes at us and cuts us like knives in our soul, let alone our physical. Hell, Michelle. Listen, the, as you were saying, telling that story, I'm like, see, this is where that generational trauma would have stopped because my dramatic tale would have passed. Oh, Lord. 
I'd have been knocked out in the floor. Y'all would still be picking me up. Oh my gracious. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I do that with a paper cut. Oh no, no, no. So you know what? So I'm gonna do a little bit of a pivot. Okay. What brings you joy? We've been talking about it. What brings you joy? What fills your cup as you, you know, are doing this work and and not doing this work? Yes, my daughter is a number one on the list. That little bundle of joy, (laughs) and now she's she's almost taller than me. She's got size ten feet at eleven. It kicked us out of the kitty shoe corner. (laughs) We're in the grown ladies section (laughs) trying to find appropriate age appropriate shoes for her. But this little girl just brings me so much joy because I see how smart she is and the potential that she has to do far more than I ever dreamed of doing. So I spend a lot of time encouraging her to dream, encouraging her to anticipate the future. And so that brings me a lot of joy. It fuels a lot of what I do in my business and my work. Um, As you know, she's an author and even that She was inspired by the work that I was doing while the world was locked down. And I wrote the first book. She wrote her book. But the other thing that gives me joy, I would say, is also travel. Just getting Mm. outside of the routine. And sometimes I got to tell you, I'm with you. Work slowed down this summer. Summer was hard. Yeah. Because everybody just held on to their money, right? And the programs that we're thinking about doing, they never. Waffle down, and then finally they said no at the end of the summer. Right, you understand. So usually my daughter and I take vacation. We take about two, three during it. We're mm-hmm. everywhere doing everything. Mickey is usually a part of it. But yeah. then something, you know, what we had to do. We took my points, and we did a staycation at the Gaylord, the Gaylord mm-hmm. Texan, which is right outside of town, right yeah. here in Dallas. And it was just that change of scenery yeah. that brought us joy. We had some of our favorite food. We were able to do some of our favorite activities right there in Grapevine. And so we weren't able to go all the way to Hawaii this summer. Mind you, we're going to go somewhere at the end of the year. We're going to get this done before the year. Because hopefully right. the spring eternal, right? Right. Anticipation. Yes. Right. But travel is one of those things. And I make sure that Joni and I have our leisure vacation because, you know, there's mm-hmm. always the travel for work. And you can get a little bit of joy out of that, but not a whole lot because yeah. you're working. Um, and then the work that I do for these individuals and seeing them come back to me, and this is this mirror effect again, to see the work that we've done together blossom in their lives. There's nothing that makes me giggle, laugh, cry. I mean, all the emotions, <laughs> all the feels, than to see a leader find their breakthrough and become the Sasha that she's supposed to be. And I get to see that times 10, times 20, times 100, because it always comes back to me. It's a multiplier. So giving Mm -hmm. of myself and this, I see this as service and ministry, even though it's a business, I love to see it. And, you know, I am in ministry too. I'm one of the only certified life coaches in Dr. Tony Evans, uh, Free at Last Ministry, which is actually counseling, but they have brought me into the fold. Thank you. Because they know the power of coaching. Coaching, And I yes. have a, a, a support group that I have every Monday night. And it's all about finding your purpose. Mm. It's so interesting how much this science weaves into what people have always just espoused to faith. But yeah. there's science behind purpose, too. Absolutely. 
Now, Michelle, you know, we could talk forever and ever and ever. Yes. <laughs> How, if someone wanted to, to find you, where's the best place for them to do that? Oh, yes. The easiest place to go is my website, lmichellesmith.com. It will have links to everything that I'm doing and a way to contact me, whether it's for, you know, doing a workshop with your organization, speaking during whatever time frame you might have, or uh, maybe a seasonal, maybe it's just an emphasis that your organization is having. Or you want to tap into my books, which are available everywhere worldwide. She's holding them up. There's two of them. <laughs> yes. And so uh, that and LinkedIn, I love to connect on LinkedIn. The one thing that I love to tell the publishers when they're all asking about my following is I have met 95% of the people that follow me. Now, I don't care about vanity metrics. I don't care that I don't have a million followers. What I do care mm -hmm. about is when I show up in a market, I literally can hug everybody in the room or shake their hands yeah. because they followed me for years and ages or they've yeah. read my books or we were coaching, you know, um, co-creators or whatever it was. My service has touched somebody. And that's the only thing that matters to me. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So, Michelle, thank you so much for for being with us today. This is, like I said, a very special conversation for me because one is just it's very personal around just mindset but i think also it gives some insight into people around like this this takes work this yes. is not a, a one and done thing you know and so really being cognizant of how you're approaching your mindset and, and tapping into these emotions in ways that can take you to the next level right and mm -hmm. and how you have you lead that that, that that's not Eternal to you. You yes. you are own that. So thank you so much for being with us. Thank today. you. I'll add this one more thing. You know, it really is about shifting the idea of making the pain go away. We do want it to go away. Yeah. But it's what you do with yourself when that pain is going on. I have a sign in my home office. I'm looking at it right now. You know, life is about not waiting for the storm to pass, but learning to dance in the rain. And if you mm. can do that, there's nothing you can't do. Absolutely. Absolutely nothing. I love it. I love it. And as a dancer, I'm like, yes, dance in the rain. Yes. Dance in the rain. I love it. <laughs> thank you so much. And thank you thank all you. for watching and being a part of this episode of DEI After Five. As always, you can find us here every Tuesday at 5.15 Eastern, YouTube, wherever you catch your podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, share. This is an episode that I truly believe everyone needs to hear. So please, be, you know, make sure that you share it. And until next time, have a good one.